Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 23. Performative Tropes, Cooperative Development and the Partnership Agreement. Partnership has become a central concept in contemporary developmentalist discourse, emerging alongside participation and empowerment as the buzzword of the modern NGO. The notion that localization of effort enhances legitimacy of intervention is a common international development proposition and presents a solution to the dilemma facing international NGOs and donors, purporting to stimulate development and progression in underdeveloped countries, while simultaneously spending large proportion of funds on international agencies is an inconvenient contradiction to the core narrative. Localization offers a convenient solution in that the role of the international agency is preserved while ostensibly promoting the centrality of legitimate local NGO actors. Two key instruments in establishing relational arrangements between PLAN and its partners are the partnership workshop to serve as a planning and managerial mechanism and the formalization of these into a partnership agreement. In PLAN's case, the role of the partner is accompanied by myriad of management procedures designed to draw and embed the partnership into systems that control both parties. The contradiction between aspiration and practice is evident in the legalist formal agreement provided to staff and the directive guidance from international headquarters for their attempts to establish and maintain effective partnerships. These instruments cement elements of control. Plans attempt to establish partnership standards would be binding on all staff, as well as accompanying systems and business procedures. While strident in motivational tone, the Building Better Partnerships guidance document presents itself as not binding, and instead sets out to provide guidance on good practice. Within this guidance, Plan has determined red lines for compliance matters that are non-negotiable, and mandatory. On the other hand, PLAN has developed and propagates a partnership agreement template that is to be implemented in all partnerships that involves a transfer of funds regardless of shape or size, and which sets out the legally binding provisions on the partner. It is somewhat ironic that most of the partnerships PLAN enters into are mostly with government or statutory agencies. But this is not unusual in and of itself given the delivery orientation of most local activity and programmatic effort. But it does represent itself a contradiction. On surface view, PLAN is effectively unable to exert control over its primary partner, Tanzanian local government. But this belies the subtlety and complex means by which this partnership is symbiotic in extending governmentality over all community development actors. Through these instruments, NGO and government managerialism reinforce developmentalist discourse and impose control and authority over the very actors it purports to empower. Civil society structures and social formations, including kinship groups and individual family units. The imperative of driving efficiencies in child sponsorship in PLAN has resulted in a renewed drive to build effective partnerships. Traditionally, the inherent importance of and business systems for sponsorship meant PLAN staff were responsible for both implementation of the business process for maintaining sponsorship, as well as the project activities to be funded by sponsorship revenue. More recently, PLAN has tried to shift to a partnership model for managing its projects and activities. And among the community development staff, this shift has enhanced the importance of, and a focus 
developing relationships with local NGOs deemed capable of providing this function. Although many other planned country offices had initiated this change model, in Tanzania this process was in its early stages. This was demonstrated by the convening of a number of partnership workshops brought about by the change in business practice in sponsorship and the policy and procedures introduced in the corporate system that require project planning and budgeting by partners for outsourced programmatic work. In several of the workshops I attended, the assessment of appropriate partners was steeped in red lines or non-negotiables, reflecting the perception from planned staff that we need to be comfortable to hold them accountable. The partners were selected largely on their perceived capacity to operate within the confines of the business requirements set out by plans, business model, policies and procedures. There was an inherent tension in what was effectively a transfer of responsibility to these NGO partners by plan, in that most of the selected NGOs were competing for funds in the same development environment as plan. While not direct competitors, they were clearly operating in a semi-commercial status generating income through consulting or contracted work, and graying the traditional non-profit characterization of NGOs. In effect, it was the registration status of the entity that determined eligibility rather than mode of operation or value base. As long as they had the capacity to manage funds and perform required business functions, it appeared that their mode of operation was of secondary consideration. The concerns as to whether these NGO partners could fulfill the required business function reflected itself in the staged approach to the formal relationship. As a somewhat linear progression from initial testing, growing the scale of the relationship in funding terms and ultimately becoming what we as plan would want them to be. The underlying tension between the aspirational developmentalism of building local civil society while preserving the privilege and business interests of plan played out in several engagements and infused the discussions and strategies related to partnership. In M1s, this emerged quite incongruously as an acknowledgement of the NGO partner's relative independence by virtue of financial relationships with others, seeking funding in their own right, even seeing this capacity to fundraise as a feature of a successful NGO, while simultaneously clearly attempting to bind these organisations into a dependency relationship that would ensure their continued fidelity to plan. This pervasive managerialism effectively reduced the role of NGO partners to technical providers that are politically neutral. This was despite the obvious political dynamics and range of actors alongside and around plant partners and their interventions. One is struck by this reductionism when observing the selection of partners by allocation of activity according to perceived technical capability of both plan and partners without acknowledging an implicit political screening and selection had already been made to reach this point. Even that the NGOs selected for participation in the program and in the workshops were doing work in partnership with government officials and departments. Their, their acceptance by these actors are a prerequisite for their appropriateness to the project. Being seen to be constructive and cooperative is of crucial importance to their acceptance and involvement and effectively an expected political characteristic by plan. An NGO that is perceived to be antagonistic or not useful to government would not have been considered for partnership in the first instance, regardless of their perceived institutional capacity. This political complicity does not mean that the relationship is devoid of politics, nor of discomfort. In some instances, the conducting of a peer review in the workshop led to questions of plan's effectiveness 
And in one instance, specifically the long-standing community development program in Mwanza, much to the consternation of the local staff. Apart from government and NGO participant observations, some of these questions were voiced by country office staff based in Dar es Salaam, who questioned the progression, relevance and timing of activity in areas where plan has been operating over a significant period of time. These discussions are infused with performance anxiety, where participants or representatives of both plan and government were sensitive to the appearance of underperformance. The discussions engaging plan and partner staff are fraught with personal financial and political considerations, concerns for security of employment, power and status. Discussions often reflect aspirational and normative assumptions. That is what is deemed to be politically correct and desirable and the appropriateness of functions and roles. Political discussion is not sustained in these activities, however, and planning imperatives and technical models soon take a central role. The partnership processes are dominated by formulation of work in the form of tangible instruments very familiar to the participants. Work plan formats, work breakdown structures, activity budgets, monitoring indicators, all within the language of linear planning methodologies captured in written form by the ubiquitous logical framework, or log frame. Monitoring partnership and project progress using statistical indicators of measurement present problems of their own. In, ed in education projects, district education officers raised issues of enrollment overcounting and the subsequent distorting effect on completion and dropout rates, indicating problems with primary data sources. Distortion could also be caused by technical anomalies that are not captured well in the monitoring system, such as student repeat years. This form of planning focuses inordinately on technical matters, and there is significant discussion on the technical presentation of activities, outputs, and outcomes. Locating a fundamental question of social change efficacy within a technical planning framework. The structure of plans partner agreement imposes legal ease through myriad conditions and language on staff and institutions, and the use of a global template removes discretion and creativity from resident discussions and local actors. The discussions demonstrate a push for standardization according to a risk management approach, and the role of the facilitator or practitioner is to translate legal agreements, obligations and conditions to partners. Interestingly, participant fatigue can expose the formulaic procedure underpinning the structure of partnership embedded in the substance of the discussion and normative roles and contributions of the participants. Process fatigue and actual fatigue can lead to a default to traditionalist normative relationships and process that entrenches business as usual practices and reiterates the resignification of more traditional views and roles of actors. Planned practitioners regularly observe that the time taken to maintain aspirational principles of partnership in their approach is hard work and difficult in the developmentalist institutionalism in plan and Tanzanian government. More transactional or performative roles are easier to maintain because they are so well understood and embedded in practice. In the proceedings of the partnership workshop, cultural norms are often interwoven with organizational practice. Introductions, observations of seniority, gender and language reinforce the identity of the individual's place in the organization's hierarchical structure and thereby defining appropriate or accepted roles and behaviour. This is reflected in an ongoing tension between the local program unit manager 
and programmed technical staff from the country office in Dar es Salaam, the former attempting to exert relational authority situated in place, while the latter imposing technical expertise in the forms of models of practice developed elsewhere in plan. The use of transparency in presenting projects can have the effect of reinforcing elements of developmentalist structure between donor, NGO, partner and their respective roles, as well as, well as a technical sectoral or thematic approach. The workshop reinforces how it works. Through formality, mutually agreed objectives, frame discussions clearly toward discrete, non-confrontational topics. What is comfortable or acceptable, as opposed to questions or topics that seek deeper meaning and understanding. This interfaces well with Tanzanian and Plan's culture of conflict avoidance. Every issue should be amicably discussed and agreement, not understanding or change, is the objective. The discussion on monitoring and evaluation frames a mechanical and normative approach to programmatic measurement according to a quantitative output orientation. This reinforces the delivery imperative and the need for counting. Social accountability and advocacy are largely absent from the discussion, and participation is a key driver. Complex social change features are reduced to the instrumental. Number of categories of people participating and, hence, the importance of counting them become focal areas of attention. There is contention on what really constitutes partnership, with a slide towards patron-client patterns associated with contracting. Partnership, therefore, becomes an overarching relational device, encompassing sub-contracting and transactional delivery modalities, and managing potential tensions between obligation and compliance, and principles of equity, power, value transaction. In effect, partnership has become a euphemism for contracting, and the partnership procedures a way of efficiently managing a contractual performativity. This form of managerialism is reflected in the view of many of the CDFs to their partnership practice. As one said, I'm glad I can participate in these partnership workshops because it will enable me to become a good partnership manager. The participation of the government officials in these workshops is indicative of the integration of government and NGOs in development delivery, bringing, bringing in a broader governmental perspective on policy orientation, programs and areas, but clearly factoring in the NGOs as components of the service structure, especially in complementary awareness building activity, teacher training and school management structure development. Even government education policy training appears to be primarily provided by NGOs, and this role is considered uncontroversial. Government officials indicate clearly that leadership skills at school level were seen as an area of appropriate work by NGOs. The joint planning of activity between plan, government and partners entrenches the service delivery relationship couched in terms of complementarity and partnership. It is not clear to what extent the process of planning or implementation influences how governmental partners will adjust their practice, if at all. Government representatives hold and actively trade on its authorizing power, exerted through permissions to operate, commitments to cooperate and support, and instructions to village government representatives, while simultaneously actively relying on complementary activity funded through aid and implemented by NGOs. It is effectively a trade of power for service, where the imperative for NGOs and donors is to work within the authorizing environment and conform to and strengthen the system. 
a system where government plays gatekeeper and wields political power. These rules of engagement for NGOs are reinforced by participants in their activities, particularly in establishing acceptable boundaries. Political issues and perceived risks are presented as neutral and circumscribed by the language and structure of workshop and planning engagement. Workshop participants understand they are to participate respectfully and cooperatively. Areas of significant contention are not acknowledged, nor openly discussed and major challenges to relationships or implementation modalities are almost always presented as due to financial constraints. The deep political barriers or cultural resistance experienced in development initiatives are framed as making the work more difficult by the complexity and resistance to cultural change, especially on issues facing women. And political control referred to indirectly as the vagaries and changes in government policy and practice. These techniques of conflict avoidance allow an NGO-like plan to operate in climate of managed political tension. In private conversations with NGO partners of plan, they appear as active reinforcers of normative role and discourse. In presenting their work, the thematic technical structure is invariably reflective of most donor categories, and representatives are careful to ensure that contemporary fads and buzzwords are included. Terms that have been reduced to signifying acronyms, such as MHN, SRH, and GEROCLEDIN discussion, and find easy relevance to contemporary development donor interests. Many of the more sophisticated NGO partners, often managed by XINGO staff, have articulated roles clearly aligned to the development funding environment. Being able to negotiate both grant and contractual forms of financing for services and roles well aligned to development planning priorities. Partner NGO perspectives on INGO partnership practice reveal deep ambivalence. A belief in partnership, but a realistic assessment of the complexity and reality of the concept. It is presented as, like a marriage requiring transparency, honesty and trust. Tanzanian experience, though, is checkered and not win-win, where some don't believe in partnership and want to retain power. While raising these key political concerns regarding the power dynamics of working with international NGOs, local organizations and ambivalence and criticism often subsides to clientism. An expectation of benefit to leverage the opportunity of the development environment. Needing know-how or knowledge, technical skills transfer and program learning. Accordingly, plans partnership practice is not to be improved by fundamental political change but rather by building capacity reaching more local partners, or adding new partners each year. Again, political fission is dissipated by developmentalist pragmatism, because to not do so would represent a political challenge to the structure of development, and a perceived loss of benefit. In this context, process and performed roles reinforce the relative roles of actors embedded in developmentalist narratives. Our NGOs represent the global knowledge to be translated to local, while local NGOs are the implementers. Templates and agreement structures become important transactions of both power and value. For example, demanding or onerous reporting and financial management requirements could assist partners in developing the capability to engage with other potential financial actors. The dependency of the local NGO on the INGO and the authorizing function of government is maintained as an essential feature of ongoing partnerships. Free planet! All planet! Free planet! All planet!
Planetworker, a world in development.